Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas! We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back. It's time for Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. We talk nothing. But Las Vegas Raiders football. Hi, everybody. It's Scott Branson, your host. My co-host, Mo Moten, still off getting better, getting back to health. And we uh, want to send out our wishes to him as well and let you know he'll be back next week. He misses you. He says hello to everybody. You can hit him up on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at L-V Gully. And do us a favor as we get rolling on this great, great mailbag show. We love doing these shows together and getting all of your great questions and comments from Raider Nation. But before you do that, make sure you subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast from an audio perspective, just just download it, subscribe to it wherever you get your podcast. Doesn't matter if it's Spotify, if it's Apple, if it's Google, if it's Stitcher, doesn't matter. Make sure you do that. You can also even say, hey, Alexa, play Silver and Black today. Boom. You can play it on your Amazon device. So we appreciate that. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, we 
say hello. And, and as you can see, we are visual. But well, what we'd like you to do is right down here, uh, hit the subscribe button. See if I look over, I can kind of see it. Yeah, hit the subscribe button and then hit the notifications bell. Do us a favor. You got to hit both of them, not just one, but both. So do that and uh, you'll get notified every time we have a new video. Uh, so you can chime in with us and get in the lively chat, as you can see. Sorry, it's that side. You can see the lively chat on that side of the screen uh, with a lot of great members of Raider Nation. So we appreciate that very much. Tomorrow, we'll be back Thursday with our Thursday edition show. We'll catch up on the latest Raiders news as well as a, have a guest from our sister podcast, Football Denver, on the Odyssey to talk a little bit about not only the Broncos, but we're going to talk with those guys about uh, the AFC West and just how disappointing it's been this season with the exception of the Chiefs. So we'll get into that tomorrow as well. So that's Thursday's show uh, and as well as a game preview of the Broncos game coming up on Sunday. All right, let's get into the mailbag and starting off with one of our favorite guys, a guy we interact with on Twitter all the time, and that's John Davis, longtime listener and viewer on YouTube. John, it's good to see you, hear you, hear from you, I should say. And we're going to get into his question. He says... At what point do we sit Carr down? And does it worry you that McDaniels doesn't see a need for a change? Have a nice day, John Davis. Thanks, John. So here's the deal. I get what you're saying. And there were times over the last three games where I thought there were moments where Derek Carr was struggling. And you really could have maybe had the opportunity to say, you know what? We just got to switch it up here. Not, not a long-term benching, but here's an opportunity for us to get something going, bring a spark and bring Jared Stidham in. Who knows how much he'll be able to do or how good he'll be under those circumstances, but why not? He knows the system, so on and so forth. But I think every time that I think that they're about to do that or could have the opportunity to do that, Derek Carr seems to have a little bit of a resurgence. I'll use this past game against the Colts. Starts the game as horrible as I've ever seen him start a game. 0 for 5, can't do anything, and... I thought if he would have stayed that way and, and gone the entire half just in a futile exercise of playing football, then maybe Josh McDaniels would do that. Now, I have said all along, well, I shouldn't say all along, the last three weeks that I believe this is Derek Carr's hurrah, last hurrah with the Raiders. I believe at the end of the season they will cut him loose, not trade him. Nobody's going to trade a number one draft pick like I had one of our good friends uh, DM us on Twitter. I don't think that's happening. I think they're going to let him go. They're going to eat the $5 million, which they can spread out over two years, by the way. That's nothing. So, and, and I think Derek Carr, a lot of people say he would retire. Could he? Maybe. Nah, I think he's going to go find another team. I think there's going to be lots of teams interested. Five or six teams probably interested in Derek Carr right off the bat. And, and so he might have a great opportunity to go play to get out of the dysfunction that has been the Raider organization. Because frankly, he's got a terrible record. This is why the trade value... Some people think trade value is high because of who he is, but I just don't see it. That's just me. You could disagree. Totally fine. Whatever. But I will tell you, um, I think he deserves a chance to go somewhere else because it's been such a cluster in the order rate organization over the last nine seasons. I mean, you guys know better than anybody. You're telling me about it every day that you're tired of it. Well, you could imagine if you're the guy, the quarterback. So Derek Carr moves on. And I think that, but as far as him sitting this year, you're at the halfway point, right? You've, you've been through um, 10 games. So, so now, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. If, if, if they want to see what they have in Jared Stidham, which I think Josh McDaniels already knows, 
then maybe a couple more games, especially if they lose, then do you, do you go to him to switch it up? I just don't know. I don't see it happening. Um, I think there's a respect factor here in Derek Carr and his longevity and what he's meant to the organization. He's a class act, right? He's been a Raider through and through and loves it. So I don't know that they're going to do anything to show him. What's the point, right? I mean, yeah, Stidham might get some work, but I just don't see any point in it. You might as well let him play uh, and try to get himself out of his funk and all that. By the way, the Derek Carr thing, if you listen to yesterday's show, I played a clip from Rich Gannon. And I want to play it again because there's people attacking Rich Gannon. And this, this hate Derek Carr and love Derek Carr without any faults, can't find any faults in them, these two cults, because that's what they are. They're cults. People are obsessed. It's a psychosis. People attacking Rich Gannon for what he says in this piece towards the end about Derek Carr, which is completely factual. The guy's an MVP. I think he knows. He knows more than dude on Twitter who thinks he's a GM. Just a little bit more. So I'm going to play this again, and we'll come back. Here's uh, Rich Gannon. Jeff Saturday and the Indianapolis Colts roll into town and find a way to get a win 25-20. And if you look at this game, this is really a microcosm of really what's happened the entire season for the Las Vegas Raiders. Their inability to win close games. When you look at the amount of money that this team has committed to their big players offensively, $340 million in contracts to Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Now, they just put Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro on an injured reserve. Both those players have missed significant time this season, particularly the tight end Darren Waller. And that has had a huge impact on Carr's ability with ball distribution. Defensively, this is a defense a lot like last year that can't get to the quarterback and can't take the ball away. They went out and spent a lot of money on Chandler Jones. He has yet to have a sack this season. The only player that you can really count on in the Raiders' defense is Max Crosby. He gives you everything he has every single snap. But when you look at the other players, you just don't see that same effort, that same enthusiasm, that same intensity. And finally, let me just pay off what's going on with the Raiders' offense as it relates to Derek Carr. You know, Derek hasn't played horribly, but he really hasn't played well, especially late in games. At some point, he has to step up and play better. So I think there's enough tools in the toolbox to get it done. And Derek Carr hasn't, especially when they needed him the most late in games. If you look at his one loss record, 59 and 77, that really says it all. Derek Carr has to find a way to put this team on his shoulders and get them to the finish line. Well, there you go. I don't know how anybody can disagree with that. Derek Carr has not played. He hasn't played horrible, just like, like Gannon said. But he hasn't played well, especially late in games. They've had the opportunity in the, the the Raiders keep talking about how they've played in close games. But when you blow a 17-0 lead, is that really a close game? It is technically, but it's not like they crawled back and it was back and forth, back and forth. No, these are leads you've blown, and they've had 10 time, 10 opportunities late in the game to go down and score and either tie or win the game, and they haven't been able to do it. Their car hasn't moved the ball, just hasn't. If you deny that, you're in denial over everything. So uh, I'm just sticking up for Rich Gannon, and not that he needs me to, but uh, he's speaking the truth. John, again, thank you for your question, man, uh, on Derek Carr. We move on. This is a longer one from our good buddy Vic Romero in Los Angeles, and I'll read this. He says, hey, Scott and Mo, just want to say I think it's unfair for anyone to blame Carr for what is going on this season. 
He threw for 4,800 excuse me yards last season with Hunter Renfro as his uh, number one receiver for most of the season. He led his team to the playoffs after losing his head coach and losing his best weapon. McDaniel steps in. He no longer looks like the same player. Let me ask you this. If in 2021, let's say you had 1 million subscribers. In 2022, you now have a new boss who makes you change the way you prepare for your show and changes the way you run your show. It's still Scott and Mo talking Raiders, but now you're uncomfortable. The show feels off and you lose more than half your subscribers. Who's to blame? Carr looks uncomfortable in the system and it's affecting his play. I unfortunately went to this past game and after spending for hotel, food and a flight, I'm pissed for what I got in return. Hashtag boycott. That is Vic Romero in Los Angeles. Vic, thanks for your, your comment question there. Sorry you spent the money to see your team lose the way they did. But I will say this. I don't disagree with your point, your premise. And I've said this, and Mo has said this significantly throughout the last several weeks, that he just never doesn't look comfortable in the offense. But to say, to compare it to your, your comparison to the show, if somebody came in, took our show, and made us do it differently, I get what you're saying. But in this case, you're talking about a playbook. And in the NFL, quarterbacks have different um, play callers and different schemes all the time. Tua Tungalavoa in Miami is on his third coach in his short career play, call playing. So he's adjusted and look what the year he's having. So, so I don't disagree on your premise. I just don't think it's as applicable because there's plenty of examples in the NFL of quarterbacks who've had those number of changes and had a coach switch out an offense switch out and have done, have done that. So, but not only that, and to your point about him leading in the playoffs, absolutely. He, Derek Carr was an amazing leader last year and helped that team get where they were. At the same time, he's just not playing that well. Does he deserve the blame for a 2-8 and eight record? No. No, he does not. But he's not playing well. And as Rich Gannon said in the clip, late in games, he's played even worse. And he's had opportunities. Remember all those fourth quarter comebacks Derek Carr is well known for? He's not doing it this year. He's just not getting it done this year. Now, again, that's this year. You have to go with recency. He's not been able to do it like he has in years past. So while I get your point, and I certainly really appreciate the time you spent sending in the question and, and writing it, um, I agree he's uncomfortable. And so maybe that's telling you exactly what I've been assuming, which is this is it for Derek Carr in, a, in the silver and black. Josh McDaniel's system, it doesn't jive. They're not connecting, it appears. They're not gelling. So I think they go their separate ways. They're not going to fire another head coach to keep a nine-year vet quarterback who's got a 59-77 and 77 record. They're just not going to do it. So, so I think they move on, and I think it's for the reasons you're talking about. This might not be the right fit. So I appreciate that. Vic Romero in Los Angeles, we appreciate your question as always. All right, we're going to do one more question here before we head to the break, and then we'll do some more on the other side. And you know what? No, we're going to take our break right now. When we come back, we're going to get to my good man, Pastor Mike, who's also in our silver and black today, uh, Fantasy Football League. We'll get to his question. He also has a question about Derek Carr. We also have some more about Raider contracts, about the coaching situation, and about Allegiant Stadium and the fan base moving forward for the rest of the season. This is the mailbag edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey podcast. Don't go anywhere, Raider Nation. We'll be right back. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. It is Wednesday, which means it is the mailbag edition of the show. Scott Branson back with you. Mo Moten will be back next week. Send him your best so he gets healthy. He's drinking a lot more avocado smoothies, eating that mint chip ice cream. He's he's getting better. He's getting better, folks. So so hang in there with us and hang in there with Mo. He'll be back soon, uh, and we appreciate it. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter, SNB Today. Also, you can follow me. You can see on the screen right there. It's the other way. See, when I'm looking at myself on a monitor, like on the YouTube, it's like, I get... anyway, um, LV Gully is my handle on Twitter. Also follow Mo at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. That's Mo Moten. We appreciate it. We love interacting with you guys in social media. Also subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and subscribe here on the YouTube channel. Hit the notifications bong bong bell. All right, we're going to get right back into the question. Our good friend, Pastor Mike, who is also in the Silver and Black Today Fantasy Football League, who I heard is led by one team, the first place team. Hmm. Hmm. Gullies, Gashers. Yeah, that's right. You're looking at the guy. So, uh, but the league getting a lot more competitive. My good friend, uh, um, also Kelly Kreiner, Evan Neal's before Zod is coming up on my tail. He's a couple, a uh, couple losses behind me, a couple wins behind me. Uh, but it's tightening up at the league. We'll have to talk about that. But I keep getting feedback from you guys. You don't want to hear about our league. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. But anyway, Pastor Mike's, Mike says, hey, guys, do you think this is Carr's last season with the Raiders? All right, Pastor Mike, thanks. I said it in the last segment. I'll repeat it. Um, but I just do. I do think it is his last season. And I've seen staunch Derek Carr supporters that I've interacted with for the last five years who all who who say not all but who say you know what I love Derek he's been great for this franchise it's just time to turn the page nine years all the dysfunction all the coaches all the players come through the roster he's been a great dutiful guy but we need to shake it up and I think that's what's going to happen uh, you heard Vic from L.A. in the last segment too ask about him being uncomfortable in Josh McDaniel's system and I think that's true too. And so I, I think that it, you just come to a natural time, and this team has to build for the future. If you think about where the Raiders are, can they be better next year with a lot of roster turnover? Yes, they can. It's hard to get worse. And if they do that, then they can call it a rebuild or call it a construction or a build, whatever they want to put lipstick on a pig, you know. It doesn't matter, but 
you try to get back to a point where you're really competitive next year. The following year, you're a playoff team, and the year after that, you're contending. So you're talking three years. In three years, Derek Carr's contract is done. So if even if you kept him around, then it, he's done. So why would you do that? You have to build for the future, even if that includes taking some pain. You're going to have pain anyway. But you need to get a quarterback on a rookie contract. The most valuable thing I say all the time on the show is talent in the NFL on a rookie contract. Do you want to pay Derek Carr $40 million next year? Mm, I wouldn't. I think it'd be a terrible decision by the front office. And that's not, that's not me slamming Carr. It's just a business decision and where your team needs to be in three years. You need to free up more money to build your roster because of drafts, which we have a question later I'll get to as well. So to do that, you have to say goodbye to guys. I think Darren Waller's gone. If they can get trade value for him, I would have traded him before to the Green Bay when they had the chance. Uh, but but now that he's fallen out of favor, reportedly, he could be gone. Max Crosby's not going anywhere. You keep him. Chandler Jones, you can't get out of that contract. You're done. You're eating it, man. So you got to keep him on the roster and hope that he finds it. So, so yeah, I think all that added together means Derek Carr is in his last season. So, Pastor Mike, thanks again for the message. All right, we then move on to a, another one of our great loyal listeners, and that is Gary Harkin-Reader. Gary says, can the Raiders renegotiate any of their high-priced player contracts? Do you think the remaining home games will actually turn into away games? Will fans sell their tickets? And that's Gary Harkin-Reader. Gary my friend, thank you as always. We appreciate the kind words that you send us all the time as well as your questions and comments. So I'll take the first part of that question. Can the Raiders renegotiate any of these high-priced contracts? Who would do it? Who's going to renegotiate their contract? And why would you? You cut Derek Carr loose, you trade Darren Waller, you got a lot of room. So I don't think they renegotiate any of those contracts. Chandler Jones, if he really does have an awful year, remember, why would he do that? You know, why would he renegotiate his contract? Especially if he's if he's done and he can't play anymore, even more reason not to renegotiate because you won't get another contract like that again. So I don't think they're in a position to do that. I don't think there are any players on the roster. Uh, and Devontae Adams just got his deal. Could he restructure his deal? Yeah, but what for what? If you if you jettison Carr and Waller, that frees up quite a bit of money. So I just don't think they do them. Now, the question will, oh, by the way, the Waller contract is just, I don't know what to say. I'm not here to just say we told you so, but we told you so. And we talked about it a lot on the show. If you listen to us, you know Mo and I did that. But anyway, uh, so the games, will Raider Nation abandon the games? I've heard a lot of fans, at least in my small circle of people that listen to the show and comment to us in social media, both Mo and I, a lot of people, like Vic, before you, talk about boycott. Well, boycotts, you know, there's no such thing as a boycott. You just don't go. You just don't spend your money. doesn't need a boycott. Just don't go to the game. Um, will there be attendance fall off? So, yes. Will more fans sell their tickets because they don't want to go because they've lost interest because the Raiders are not doing well? Perhaps. I think there'll be a certain percentage of that. But remember, the game itself is sold out. They've sold out all tickets. So 
there are tickets out there, and if I'm a Raider fan and they're playing the Broncos or the Chiefs or whoever, you can get fans will come in and buy the tickets from you. So we'll have to see what they do. And I wouldn't be, hey, it's ca- it's capitalism, baby. If I'm not going to a game, I'm not going to eat my tickets or spend the time that it would require for me to make sure it's a Raider fan. If somebody's going to come to me, I'm going to sell my ticket. But we'll see. So I don't know really what to say with that one, Gary. I think there's a possibility you could see more visiting fans in Allegiant Stadium over the tail end of the season because of how they've played. Now, if the Raiders can string together a couple wins, they can beat the Broncos, start to do some good things and look better, then I don't think it happens as much. But we'll see. Gary, as always, thank you for your question. We appreciate that very much. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done it, wherever you get your podcast. All right, we're going to go on to the next question. This is from Jordan for Jordan, thank you for your first question to the show. He says, hey, guys, love the show. Just call me Jay. I was curious if you could answer this question. Why does some part of Raider Nation get ready to fire McDaniels and not give him a chance when these exact, exact same people were super upset with Gruden in his first year, but still willing to give him a chance? I know it was he traded away his group and added, traded away Cleo Mack, obviously. However, that should grant the fans a little bit more leeway to the new regime, in my opinion. It was a coach that didn't have an ego extend an old regime's core rather than a tear it down a la Gruden era, and things just haven't clicked. I'm not saying this is like, I'm not upset. I just don't know why they don't get the same leeway. Thanks for taking my email. Jordan, there you go, talking sense again. <laughs> but you bring up a good point. And, and I've been critical of Josh McDaniels. He's deserved criticism. But you're right. He's in his first year. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the answer to this, why this is happening, why they don't give leeway. Gruden had a mythical aura about him because of his first run with the Raiders. It was unfinished business. So Raider fans really, he could do no wrong that first year. Josh McDaniels, good base of the, the, the Raider Nation fan base, didn't want him as coach, number one. Number two... Uh, the expectations set for this team were so out of whack, and I'm guilty of it, too. Mia culpa. I did it, too. I thought they'd win 11 games. Boy, do I look stupid. So Mo had him at 10 games. So I think fans are more disappointed in not giving the leeway because they really thought this team was going to be better than last year's team. Simple answer, right? So, so to me, that's why they're not getting the leeway. But all it takes is watching this team play and then thinking back. It's sort of like if you've ever seen the movie Usual Suspects with Kevin Spacey at the end when they realize that his whole story was just pictures on a board that he was using to reference and create a story as he went along. We go back now and I look at it and I said, this team has no offensive line on the right side. This team is weak up the middle on defense has no defensive backs except for Nate Hobbs, who's out. Signed some veterans to help back there, a stop gaps, and they've done okay. Meek Robertson's done great. No linebacking core. Denzel Perryman, great year last year, been injured a lot this year, not the same performance. Blake Martinez brought in, retires. <laughs> um, offense. This is where everybody got excited in the offense. But Derek Carr hasn't been as good as he was last year. The offensive line stinks, at least on the one side. At times, Hunter Renfro's not the same player. Darren Waller hasn't played. There you go. 
So the expectations were up here when they should have been more reserved. And so when the expectations are set really high and you just tank it and stink like the Raiders do, that's why he's not getting leeway. So I hope that helps answer your question because that, to me, that's the answer. But I will say this. To me, you have to give Josh McDaniels. Has Josh McDaniels made a ton of mistakes? Absolutely. The coaching hasn't been very good. But tell me what coach with no defense and what coach with no offensive line is going to win football games. That's on Dave Ziegler to a certain extent. But more so, it's on John Gruden and Mike Mayock. Yes. This roster was left without talent. It was a blank cupboard. The bad drafts have killed, killed this team. Killed it. Franchise. That's the problem. That's all you have to look at to understand why the Raiders are where they are. Coaching has contributed, no question. But you can't win in the NFL with zero defense and a lack of talent at key positions and with a franchise quarterback who's not playing like one right now. Just plain and simple. So you, you, you can blame Josh McDaniels all you want, but there's plenty of blame to go around, including guys that aren't even in the building anymore. So you have to recover from that. That's why I say two to three years. Raiders can be better next year, but much better than two years after if they continue to draft well and if Dave Ziegler doesn't overspend like he has here and in New England. If he can be a little more disciplined and get the right guys in, then they can turn it around uh, pretty quickly in my view. All right. We get to the last question for this segment, uh, and this comes from Donald Bird, uh, and he says, Hey, I'm a longtime fan. I'm just wondering... When our defense is going to get called out for what it has been for the past 15 to 20 years, which is garbage. We can point the finger at Josh McDaniels, which I believe deserves a majority of the blame, along with Derek Carr, who has not been playing well and who does not seem confident. But when are we ever going to have a decent defense or when are we going to get to address the needs of our team that we've been struggling with for so many years? How long have we been needing an interior defensive lineman and it's never been addressed? That's Donald Burke. Donald, great, great, great question with many layers there. But I think it goes back to my previous answer. And I can only speak for the last five years, but John Gruden comes back and completely crapped the bed in every draft he controlled. Okay? Don't argue with me because you'll lose. If you're out there saying, oh, Josh Jacobs. No, no. <laughs> you missed on everybody else. Clee Farrell has turned into a good rotational player, but not a number four overall. So they've done nothing. They've done nothing in four years to address the defense. No linebackers. Did you draft any young linebackers? Oh, yes, you did. Tanner Muse. Remember when all of you were telling me Tanner Muse was going to be a good player? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> bust special teams war daddy so no linebackers no interior linemen yeah Clee Farrell Max Crosby's worked out great they hit on that one broken clock is right twice a day he's turned into a nice player Nate Hobbs from last year that's Dave Ziegler's pick 
looks good. I should say Mayock's pick, Gruden's pick. But you look at the rest of the guys, they haven't panned out. Go back to Garyon Conley, bust. Uh, you go back to um, Jonathan Abram, who just released. Done. So they have not done well on defense. The, the draft has killed this franchise, Raider Nation. It's a simple, that's why this team is bad. Yes, as Donald said, the coaching has not been great. Josh McDaniels has struggled. But he's going to get one more than one year to fix it. And it starts in the front office. They have got to nail talent evaluation. So we'll see. Donald, thank you for your question. All right, we're going to take our second break. When we come back, we'll close out the show with the remaining questions here on Silver and Black Today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere or I will find you. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Homestretch, Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Thank you guys so much for your support of me, Scott Branson, your host, and my co-host, Mo Moten, who will be back next week. Man, we are just always, every week, blown away about uh, with the support and the interaction you guys give us. It's just phenomenal. So thank you for that. We really, really, really do appreciate it. It humbles us. And these mailbag shows especially because you guys reach out to us with your thoughts, your frustrations, your questions, your suggestions, even on the show, when you tell us, hey, don't talk about fantasy football. <laughs> or uh, Scott needs to wear his Elvis glasses again. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to that. But anyway, uh, thank you for doing that. Let's jump back in and get the final questions here on this show. This one comes from Jerry in Las Vegas, Nevada. And Jerry asks, hey, Scott, I heard you talk about Tuesday's show. That's yesterday's show. That uh, was, oh, that, excuse me, that the drafts are what hurt the Raiders. The Raiders have hit on some players, but what else can this team do to get better fast? Again, that's Jerry in Las Vegas. Thank you, Jerry. I always love getting the Las Vegas emails clearly as well. Raider Nation is worldwide, but uh, it's nice when you get it from the base of Raider Nation, which is now the city of Las Vegas, Nevada. So thank you, Jerry. Um, so yeah, I went off about it the last two segments, right? Which is the drafts. Um, the Raiders have got to put good drafts together. The reason they are in the position they are in is because John Gruden and Mike Mayock didn't draft well. 
not only did they not draft well, they completely whiffed overall. Max Crosby, yes. Josh Jacobs, yes. A couple other guys, minor guys though, but nobody. But they missed at the top of the draft. The first rounders are gone except for Jacobs. Didn't improve the defense, never drafted a linebacker, a real linebacker. So, so that's where you find yourself. So I, I think that what's going to happen, you got to put two good drafts together, supplement that with free agents at positions of need. But what, 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 what concerns me, or I should say what is a risk, but you have to take it, is you got to draft your quarterback of the future. And this year, you're going to be high in the draft. It's a good quarterback class. If you can get one of the top three quarterbacks, you got to get them. So the NFL is a quarterback-driven league. If you don't have a quarterback to lead you to a championship, you're done. So they need to focus on that, but they need to hit, especially early in the draft, on their picks the next two years. They got to get younger. They got to get more talented. And then they got to find players in other parts, players, role players, and so on in the lower rounds to make sure that they get the talent they need. They're just, they're just draft of talent. They don't have enough talented guys to compete. So you'll see a lot of roster turnover and you'll have that. And then from a free agent standpoint, you can't have any more Chandler Jones. If you're going to sign a free agent in a position of need, you need to get, make sure you evaluate it correctly. They can't have many more misses there, but I think they can be better next year. 500 ish, a little better. And then the following year you're competing for a playoff spot. And then in two, two years, the third year, you would hope if your quarterback is hit and clicked, that you could be right there going deeper into the playoffs and perhaps going for a championship. So that to me is a quick turnaround. Four years at most, three years, probably more to be to be back where where you'd want them to be. So that's my answer to that one, uh, uh, Jerry. So we appreciate that. All right, we're moving on now back down to Southern California. We go to City of Industry. And this is also, no, what's his name? Den Denny, not Dennis, Denny. Denny in Cindy, City of Industry asks, what about Jared Stidham? If they bench Derek Carr, do you think Jared Stidham is a quarterback of the future or is he just a backup because of his knowledge of Josh McDaniel's system? Thanks. Appreciate the show. Thank you, Denny. Appreciate your question as well. Um, so I, look, here's the thing with Jared Stidham. I think Jared Stidham is a, a backup. I don't think he is the guy that you're going to think about five years from now in a Super Bowl. Okay. That said, if you draft a young quarterback uh, and you don't feel that they're ready day one, then Jared Stidham could be your bridge guy. Just saying. Uh, but I think overall, if you look at Jared Stidham, he is going to be a good, effective backup for when you need to spell your quarterback or you have an injury, whatever the, the, the situation may be, is, is to me what you, what, uh, what you do there. But I know a lot of people, the, the, the most popular guy ever on a struggling team is the backup quarterback. <laughs> doesn't matter what he's done or what he can do. It's just everybody wants a change. They're, they're tired of losing and they want something different. But I don't think Jared Stidham is a long-term answer uh, outside of being a long-term backup, which is fine too. It's a good guy to keep in your system, good guy to te teach a young guy coming in. So I don't expect them to not re-sign him and keep him in, in Vegas. Uh, I think the trade, he might have another year on his contract. I'll have to check on that one. But anyway, that's my answer to that one, Denny. All right, moving on now. 
and we get to, um, sorry, I can't read my, my own typing. Where is it? Oh, there it is. All right. We are <laughs> with Renee. So Renee, our first woman, a member of Raider Nation on the show. Thank you, Renee, for sending you that. Renee is in Los Angeles, California. And Renee asks, hey, the Darren Waller situation, you've said that the team is getting frustrated. Where did that come from? And do we know if it's true? Okay, Renee. So no, we don't know. Um, we saw an article by Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, who's a good reporter, good journalist, and 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 usually is accurate with his stuff. He said in a piece that there's growing frustration. So he has a source, in essence, in the team that is saying this. If that's the case, then there's definitely something there. Now, is the team going to come out and say, yeah, yeah, we're frustrated by it? No, they're not going to say that, right? They have to manage that relationship. But I do believe and I can understand why there's frustration because the hamstring, and then now he's on IR, so he's gone for four weeks. And they did the same thing with Hunter Renfro, but part of it could be they're done with him. And there's like putting you on IR, we'll see what happens afterwards, and then move him in the offseason. I think they should. I'm, I'm over Darren Waller. I don't care how good he is. And if you're injured, you're injured. But this piece coming out from a credible source and a credible news organization really concerns me and kind of I had some doubts and it really reaffirmed some of the doubts I had about Darren Waller and I don't know what's going on with him but it also just shows that Dave Ziegler made a big big mistake giving that contract you could have waited there was no you has two years left on his con the contract the previous contract two years he wants to hold out let him hold out but don't give him all that money when he hasn't earned it yet he hasn't played so here we are. He hasn't played again, and the Raiders are in trouble, and it's really hurt the Raiders on offense. There's no question about that. So we'll have to see how that all goes down. Um, but the one thing I can say, too, and, and this is not a question that came in, but I've seen a lot of conversation around it, too. I want to address it before we leave here on the show and this, uh, this mailbag edition. And that is the idea of tanking. I use air quotes if you're watching on YouTube. Tanking. I am not a crook. Sorry. I, I devolved into Richard Nixon. Um, but tanking. So, so I think there's two different connotations of tanking is you're losing on purpose. We've seen it or we've seen accusations, I think that have more credibility in the NBA around the draft in the NFL. I don't see it. What I see is, and this could be tanking light, if you want to call it that, or professional tanking. Which is, if you're the Raiders, you're not going anywhere. So what are you going to do? Okay, I'm going to start playing guys that I think had promise, but we weren't giving them a lot of playing time because we thought we were going to contend for an AFC West title or a playoff spot. And if that's the case, then those guys, especially some of those young guys, they don't get opportunities, right? They, they have to wait their turn because you're trying to win. Well, when winning's over with and you're not going to have the opportunity to win enough to make the playoffs, what do you do? I'll tell you what you do. You play and see what you got. If I want to know if these guys are any good and they're keepers, because I guess what? I'm Dave Ziegler. I'm Josh McDaniels. It went to crap this year. So next year, we're flipping over this roster, baby. You can bet your bottom dollar. Nobody's safe. Sands three guys. 
So if that's the case, let's see what we got. So if that is tanking, then yes, the Raiders will tank. They have to find guys to see how they play. Do they do that at quarterback? I don't know. Do they put Zamir White in more? They might, but Josh Jacobs is playing for a contract, so I think they'll actually run him as much as possible. Plus, he's their whole offense, him and Devontae Adams. So I think that you look at that, and and if you want to call moving and looking at the future now as tanking, then yes, they're going to tank. But I don't think it's as dramatic and as... as um, overt as what people think it is tanking. Well, we're going to lose on purpose. When I run the ball, I'm going to fumble. No, that's not what's going to happen. What they're going to do is they're going to play younger players that they liked to see what kind of talent they have. Some of those guys will respond. Some of those guys will show them not, they're not NFL players. Uh, And so, so I think that's what they do. That's what they do. So, uh, but, but we'll see how it all unfolds over the next couple of weeks. But anyway, Listen, we're winding up the show here on a Wednesday. We certainly appreciate you guys stopping by and being with us for this mailbag show. Again, just great questions from all of the listeners and viewers out there. We appreciate you and we appreciate everything you do to make our show better with your knowledge and your curiosity and sometimes your food takes from a moat. And yeah, we have haters out there who make fun of the fact that we talk about food. These are guys that uh, that can't build their own audiences, and, and I just love it when they do that because it just shows uh, there's nothing better from a flattery perspective than people who attack you because you're better than them. It's awesome. <laughs> but anyway, we appreciate our audience. We appreciate all of you. Do us a favor. Subscribe to the podcast if you don't already do so. Wherever you get your podcast, we would appreciate that. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notifications bell as well. For Mo Moten, I am Scott Branson. We will talk to you tomorrow on Thursday. We'll look ahead to the uh, Denver game and get you up to speed on the latest Raiders news and conversations. For Mo, I am Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Have a great day, everybody.